Hello, and welcome to Rescuing Churches with Stan and Josh Gibbons. This is the official podcast of 614 Ministries, where we exist to renew vision and restore hope at struggling churches across the country. With over 80% of churches in decline and 1,500 pastors a month battling depression, we strive to equip members and encourage ministers to pursue new directions of stability and growth. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Rescuing Churches, the podcast all about pastoral life and church revitalization. My name Yay, is who twenty twenty one. My name year. is Josh, and Stan is here with me as always. As always, he's always here. Just can't get rid of that guy. Nope, not going anywhere. As as many times as I've tried to fire you, you're like just, a toothache. You're always always here. here. So. All right, Dad, you have put together a list of what we're going to call for now six core values that pastors and churches should start the new year off with. What what kind of got you just evaluate what kind of got you thinking about this? Well, you should just evaluate your church regularly anyway. We right. We've talked about it in some other podcasts, but you should regularly evaluate anyway. New Year's a great time to do that and look at the core stuff that you're supposed to be doing. And see if you're doing it and get after it. If you're not getting after that, you know, the, if, if you're not going to, you know, it's like the football team. If you're not blocking and tackling, if you're why, all getting real fancy with you your plays, <laughs> yeah, it's all going to be cool on the drawing board. But when you get out there, the people that are blocking and tackling are going to run all over you. So so you got to have your fundamentals down. you right. got to have your basics down. When I, when I was at Bible college at Southeastern, uh, my freshman year, we had a basketball team. They had basketball that far. Yeah, back? it was a real a real oh team and everything. Wow. Uh, we had a basketball team of all guys that had never played high school ball. Um, they were good athletes. Mm-hmm. They had never played high school basketball, um, but the coach put them together and put together a winning season. And we went to state and won whatever division our tiny little Bible college wins. Yeah, whatever <laughs> wasn't, that was. wasn't really impressive to anybody but us. <laughs> but, but yeah. But I'm just saying they did fantastic because what he did is taught them the basics of basketball. The fundamentals. And stayed right on top of them with that. This is all you got to do. Here's how you dribble. Here's how you pass. You know, here's how you, here's how you do layups. Here's how you make your shots. Um, and it's real ba- – every, everything he did was real simple. Very simple stuff. Second year, we had a couple of hot shots show up on campus that had played – high school and college basketball at some bigger name Christian colleges around the country. That's never good. Yeah. Got into the middle of our little team that was state champions and we lost most of our games because <laughs> it was all about, you know, what they could do in their fancy way yep. rather than just the basics. Sticking now. to the basics. So sometimes the basics are real helpful and we should evaluate those. We should really look at those carefully. Well, and everybody, I mean, I, and I think about this whole, uh, you know, now with us, starting off the new year everybody always talks about starting off a new year the right way right so you have you people, people that mm-hmm. are making new year's resolutions and things like that and this year 
might be one of the hardest years, I think, for a lot of people to keep New Year's resolutions because it's 2021 and everybody's like, I am so over trying to make any resolution for anything because right. this year could just totally screw it up. Yeah, who because, knows what's going to happen? Because the last year did that to everything we all tried sure. to do. So, but when it comes to church life, we should try to, like you said, start the year with some fundamental core values. And that's what you've put together here is this list. of. Yeah, and I do think 2021 is going to be a year that most churches can numerically and spiritually grow because of the culture that our, our nation in America is going through for sure. It's a great opportunity. I think it's a great time for people to be drawn back to real solid old fashioned values. Right. And I think people are going to turn to that gradually through the, craziness of whatever 2021 brings. Right. So your first one in the list here is um, an accurate, useful, practical teaching of the word of God. Now, this should really be when, when I read this list, you know, maybe this applies to all of them. But this first one especially should really be a no brainer, right? Maybe. Have you, <laughs> you, listen, would, have you, you listened think. to some other church <laughs> podcast? I have. Um you know, I think it's, I think as a pastor, you should evaluate your own pulpit. Sure, and you should have people. I have elders. I have people that are that are not in my town. They're friends of mine from the past. I'll send them the link to one of my sermons and say, "I need an, I need a clear evaluation on this." And don't call me and patronize me. Right. Don't go, "Oh man, that was great." Right. You're a great guy. <laughs> I'm not looking for that. I'm literally saying, "Help me know is this effective." Was there a point? Was it practical? Did I give biblical instruction? Did I use the Word of God accurately, give good biblical instruction, and did it, did it have a practical nature to it that people could apply? And I really think that's important. I think I think pastors need to be able to evaluate, get candid evaluation on how they're doing in the pulpit, and constantly make changes. You know, I mean, I'm forty plus years at doing this now. Right. Um, so I can get real, you know, sassy about, I know what I'm doing. Yep. You know, don't talk to me, kid, kind of deal. <laughs> That's just not wise. You know, right. I, I've got my young interns here. Yep. You know, I'm asking them every week, did that help? Or right. is that what y'all need right. to get to the next level spiritually? Yep. Or was it just a old bald fat man up there talking and you can't wait to be done and, you know, get to <laughs> Taco Bell? I mean, you got to really think through that. So. <laughs> Um, I, I think it's really important, and I think the church leadership should evaluate the pulpit. You know, I mean, sure. that's that's a little personal because it's you. Yeah. But you should have some people help you do but that. But it's healthy. Yeah, and the same with small groups. Look at your small group leaders, your Sunday school classes, the Bible studies you have, and let's take a serious look and see how are we doing in those, and are they helpful? Now, if you're going to do a, an, an internal examination of, say, like a small group or, or a Bible study, just for just for some pastors out there who might not not be exactly aware of what you're talking about, are we talking about the pastor himself or an assistant pastor examining the small groups, or are we talking about some bringing in an, somebody from the outside to examine a small group, or what? Yeah, my my nature is to take the leader of that small group and say, I want you to get some feedback. I want you right. to put out some surveys to your group. Okay. I want you to ask the group how the group likes it. Sure. And what are they learning and see if what they're learning is what you're teaching. Right. Right. If you're, you know, if you say, Hey, what are the five things you learned in the last, you know, eight weeks of our Bible study? And none, nothing they learned was something you taught. Right. It's right. something they learned from John Piper. Yep. <laughs> they're reading on the side. You know, you, you may want to evaluate, am I actually effectively yep. teaching? Am I actually uh, doing a good job? You know, so I would get evaluations on all of that and, and, and let every group get, 
just take a little evaluation tour and see how we're doing. And that's a really good. Nobody idea. needs to get beat up in it. You're not trying to fire anybody. Sure. You're not trying to kick kick some guy that's been teaching Sunday school for 15 years. Not trying to kick him off the deal. But you could say to him, "Hey, let's talk about some ways you might could enhance that." Enhance. Have you thought about? You know, have you thought about using some videos or thought about right now media right. Uh, coming in to assist you with some of that? Or have you thought about, you know, let, letting somebody give a testimony every now and then? Or mm. I mean, there's lots of ways you can enhance a, sure. a good Sunday school class so or small group. So, yeah, that's really um, good. And then just don't let the longstanding groups get real unhealthy. I've been at churches where you, know, you had a group of really unhealthy people hanging around with each other for years and nobody ever went in there and said, no, we're not doing that anymore. Right. Um, so that takes a little, you know, chutzpah. Yeah. <laughs> the pastor, pastor needs to get after. That's a good and, word for it. <laughs> needs to get after and get in there and go, hey, we're not we're not going to keep doing that because it's not healthy. It's not healthy. So, right. You know, yeah. we had that with a women's group here years and years ago. We've had it, you know, I've had it with a singles group before that was just not healthy. Right. Right. So you have to you have to draw a line every once in a while. But Def- definitely a good point. Yeah, sometimes that definitely has to happen. Mm-hmm. And the number two on your list here is seeking, searching, and caring for the lost. Now, this is something that, again, has come up in your current sermon series that you're um, in the middle of. What are some practical things that you would suggest that your church do in order to better reach the lost in the community? Well, I think I think as a pastor, you need to find out if your people, you need to design your own evaluation if that's a a survey if it's one-on-one conversations if it's having people out for lunch meeting your 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 key leaders or businessmen for lunch and saying you know who who are you concerned about that's lost and what are you doing about it and if they have nobody or they have no strategy Mm -hmm. now you know you've got a problem yep um so because your church is supposed to be caring for and looking after lost people, we're supposed to be doing the same thing Christ did as the good shepherd, searching the hillsides for the lost, for Absolutely. that one that's not part of the fold. And and it's clear in scriptures that we're supposed to do that and even pray about doing that. We taught on that even today at our church. We're supposed to be praying for the lost. So you got to put some, you got to get some people focused on that. If it, if it means as a pastor, you know, I've got to carve three guys you know, two guys and a lady off and say, I'm going to devote the next six weeks of my life to getting these people very focused on evangelism right. and pumping them, equipping them. We're As pastors, we're equippers. So I'm going to equip them uh, to be more evangelistic, to be more mindful of how to evangelize in the community. To, mm-hmm. You know, when you're standing in a line that the scanner thing breaks down. That doesn't mean change lanes. <laughs> right. You know, it means God's intending on you to delay yourself long enough to talk to somebody. Exactly. Kind of deal. You and I have had that conversation many times. So, oh, yeah. so, and you just got to teach people those kind of things. You teach people how to witness to their waitress. Your waitress is going to show up at your table five and six times. You know, there's got to be a way to interact with her or him, your waiter, every so often that actually could turn into a ministry moment exactly um so so teaching them how to do that um evaluating whether you are and then teaching them how if that's necessary and you can devote pulpit time to it you know as often as you can and beginning of the year i think it's really important that you do that right we're we're setting it out as a high value for our church this year that we're going to reach lost people exactly and we're going to engage ourselves in some ministry now we've got people at our church currently that really like the 
you know, sort of radical evangelism. Let's stand on a street corner with a microphone and a little amp and oh, yeah. preach the gospel. So I'm all for that, you know, yeah. not something I'm going to do. It's not my style. Right. Um, but, man, I'm going to support them. We're going to help them in any way we can. You know, we put resources in their hand and we yeah. can stand alongside them at the Walmart parking lot and hand out flyers or talk to people that are standing there listening, sure. see where they are spiritually. So all that's good stuff. Right. And we've even got resources where we're doing the um, life training, on, life, the life on mission, mission class, yeah, re, re, a, retraining everybody in that. Yep. Which is another great resource. And I mean, it's a different kind of resource. You know, it's, you know, you mentioned there, you know, well, if, if street preaching is not your style, right, there's plenty right. of other styles of, Correct. of ministry and witnessing and training that you can be trained in. So, you know, that, that's, uh, that's always an option. So, and then number three in your list here is a healthy use of prayer. And you mentioned a second ago, this, this was the topic of today's sermon at Northside. And I don't think this is emphasized as much or as often as it should be in a whole lot of churches in today's culture. And it kind of shows. So how, how would you say churches should begin to prioritize? Yeah. And I would say, I, you know, I intentionally just sort of went off the rails, wrecked the train today at church. Um, you know, I turned 60 over the holidays so I figured, you know, if I'm going to get fired, now's a day. Might Today's well, a day. Might, sure. might as well be today. Yeah. <laughs> um, I normally don't do things quite as dramatic as I would as I did today, but I made it crystal clear to our church that we're not going to keep taking prayer requests for hours on end that are just medical charts, that are just medical needs. I'm all fine with that. I tried so hard to explain it today, and I kept thinking I wasn't getting my point across. Right. But, but I'm I'm fine with doing that. It's I mean, just, I, I it's just not the emphasis meant, of the church of the New <laughs> Testament. Yeah, the New Testament church prayed for lost people to get saved exactly. because everybody was going to hell. Exactly, and they figured out how to not do that yeah. was to get saved and trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the only means of your salvation. You know, He's the one name uh, whereby we can be saved, and so we got to get that name to everybody. Doesn't matter if they have bubonic plague or. You know, COVID-19 or (laughs) leprosy or whatever they have. Whatever it is. (laughs) It wasn't about that. And so so I think I think the church needs to stop making prayer meetings. If you have a regular prayer meeting, evaluate how many people in that prayer meeting actually ask for for the prayers for the soul of somebody. How many? Most of our prayer requests are medical. Yep. Um, or something obscure, you know, my car broke down. Yeah, or, or somebody, so-and-so needs a job. Or, yeah. yeah, it's, it's things yeah. like that. All good stuff, yeah. by the way. Not, oh, yeah. not saying as friends we shouldn't support and bear those burdens with each other. Exactly. But if the main emphasis of your prayer is medical, your church's main emphasis is spiritual. We, we talk about being a hospital for the sick. Well, we're not a medical hospital. I don't right. know if people figured that out. Right. You don't need to drive here if you've, you know, sawn your arm off in an accident or right. if you <laughs> crushed your fingers in a door. Don't drive to Northside. Right. But if you have a spiritual need, you know, please drive here. Exactly. We're supposed to be able to care for some of that. So I just think it's time for the church churches in general to stop really focusing on the medical stuff before the spiritual stuff. Let's a, take a, spiritual yeah. prayer requests first. It's a priority. Thing. Let's fill up our prayer meeting time with spiritual needs of our family and friends. And once we've covered that, then we'll say, hey, does anybody else have a prayer request that's sure. 
That's what we're going to do. We're going to flip the script. Sure. So. Yeah. And that makes sense. And I mean, I, I really think what it boils down to, like you said, it's it's a prioritization. Yeah. But it's not the way we've always done it. And right. you know, we've exactly. never done it that way before. <laughs> you'll, probably, you'll, you'll probably get some feedback. So yeah. be warned. <laughs> right. Right. And then number four on your list here is a healthy internal community. So what can you do when there's a lack of internal community? Like how, how would a pastor or a leader go about solving that? Well, some of that's it's it's going to be finding the people that are real good at host and hostessing. Sure, having those spiritual gifts of host and mm-hmm. hostesses, uh, not the Twinkie, right? But the host, you please, know. not the Twinkies. Yeah, I like the Twinkies, <laughs> but it's finding those it's finding those good people that are really good at hosting and saying we need to have some get-togethers where we actually build unity and community. And get to know one another. And this is the people that exhibit the one another's in the scriptures. Sure. And and we need to get together and practice that. Yep. Maybe we'll get together in your home and have desserts one night. Maybe maybe you can have, you know, we'll all grill out hamburgers and hot dogs on the back deck kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But we're just going to start building small communities of people within our church that are healthy. You could do it through your Sunday school classes. You could do it through your small groups. You could just be selective and say, hey, I'm going to take some of my leaders and some of our regular attendees that don't normally participate in stuff and and connect them all. So there's a connectivity that the church needs to be internally connected. Um, I need to care about, you know, Bob. Yeah. Well, I hardly ever see Bob except on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Well, let's change that. You know, let's figure out a way that Bob can go to lunch with me once a month or every sure. other month at least. Um, or he can be over at my house and we can all watch the ball game together. You know, the, the SEC championship or whatever it is, you know, just – and maybe try to build some good connections between other church members that you know are, for a fact, are, say, close to each other in physical distance. Proximity, in terms, yeah. In terms of yeah. where they live. Um, you know, that's that's another thing that you can do. Sure. Sure. I think that's a really good idea. I mean, and we, we even have examples here in our own church of, you know, oh, well, so-and-so lives here and so-and-so can't drive, so I'm going to get her to pick him up for church every, exactly. week, every week. Exactly. Builds a, a connection. Exactly how that works. Yeah. And then number five on your list here is evidence of spiritual growth. And a lot of this is probably, um, or at least a lot of people would say, is probably on the shoulders of the pastor, right? To provide opportunities for members to grow in the word, whether it's through sermon time or small groups or midweek Bible studies or things like that. Well, I think it's on the pastor to equip the people to grow spiritually. Right. But a person's supposed to grow of their own accord. Yep. So your church members need to know how to read the scriptures for themselves, how to find the core meaning of a passage that they read, how to look up topics Mm -hmm. and trace a topical study through their scriptures. They need to know the resources to do that besides Google, right? There should be a different resource besides Google, although Google can be helpful. Google can be very helpful. Very helpful. I get that. Um, but, but they should be doing it regularly and you should check on the frequency of some of that. You should know, you know, when you ask your church on a Sunday, you know, one of our blessings here at my church is when I say, Hey, I want somebody to read me a Bible verse that you memorize or you're studying. Our church just bust open with verses. And it's not like, it's not like there's a moment of silence even. Right. There's verse, 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 verse. I'm going, Hey, our guys are in the word. Our, our men and women are in the word. They're loving the word this week. So um, are they sharing scripture with one another? You know, are church members cross pollinating their verses saying, Hey, I found this great verse. And a lot of that can happen on social media as we know, but, but it also oh, yeah. should be physically 
an in-person physical deal? Um, do they know how to share their personal story? Part of spirit, your spiritual growth is that you testify. Right. So can I testify of my salvation experience? You know, we call it the elevator testimony. Elevator you know, can testimony. I do, can I do that in a, a three minute deal? Yep. Um, or a two minute deal. We got one guy that does it about 47 seconds. It's beautiful. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> he's a witness. You know, yeah. Yeah. Can, can, can I share my personal testimony quickly so that it would intrigue somebody to ask me more questions? And then if I was asked to do, if a church said, Hey, can you give us a 10 minute testimony? Am I able to do that? Exactly. You know, every church member, every growing Christian should have gradually be able to do that. Shy or not shy, you should be able to do that. So. Yeah. Does the core church family understand how to present the gospel? Not only share my story, but I could actually tell you, here's what the gospel means and here's what it is. You know, according to the scriptures, Jesus died on the cross, saved me from my sins and, you know, was buried, rose again and was seen of 500. First Corinthians 15 may be the place to help them start with that. But make sure you're equipping your people to share their story, share the gospel be able to dig into the scriptures themselves, personally read the scriptures, not just a devotional book. Absolutely. Um, and equip them in those values. That's that's part of your role. And I think you should evaluate, you know, does my core body evidence spiritual growth? Am I seeing them do things that I know are part of them maturing in their faith? Yeah. And that's such a good point because it really will have a, a, a tremendous impact on your local community. If you're trying to reach the people in your community, uh, which is something that I think every church is striving for, then it really will make an, make an impact there. And everybody should know, as you say, and as we've said multiple times, how to present the gospel in a clear, concise, simple manner. Sure. You don't have to make it complex. And it doesn't mean you don't have a lump in your throat. It doesn't mean you don't fumble the verses around and, you know, get Romans 3.23 mixed up with Romans 6.23. And I just know it's in Romans somewhere. You know, <laughs> that's all fine. But get it out. Get you it know, out. get, get yep. through it. Get through it. It's, it's, uh, and and it's not the pastor's job. <laughs> it's your job. That's correct. It's everybody's job. Everybody's job. So number six is how is grace being evidenced by your church family? So tell us what you mean by this. Yeah, for, for me, that's uh, real simple is your church should be a, a lighthouse or a beacon of grace. And people coming to you talking about how your church members treated them or interacted with them, it should be a, you know, man, they were so kind. They were so gracious. They, they did so much to help me, you know, um, you know, we just had somebody brand new to our church Wednesday night here, uh, in our church. And, uh, his comment to the friend that invited him when, when he left was, I've never felt like I belonged anywhere except here. This was awesome. And it was because, and what I recognize is our church family showed a ton of grace to a stranger. Right. Um, so, so how are you at welcoming strangers and guests in your sanctuary? You know, there's, there's, there's a, there's a greeter situation with, with churches where there's a professional greeter that's assigned the job. Absolutely. And, it, and you know, that guy was meant to be standing Absolutely. at the door, holding the, holding the hand out or yep. giving out a bulletin. And he's a professional greeter. So he's supposed to make you feel welcome. Yes. But once I got past him, then how was the welcome? Yes. Did, did people ignore me? Did they stand off? Was it standoffish yep. um, kind of deal? Or was there actually some real greeting? And then, you know, grace is also the, I care about my community and I want to get out and do something to help them. I want to reach out to the needs of my community. I found out, you know, we had a, I just found out we had a storm that hit this neighborhood pretty hard. 
bunch of people had some tree damage. Can we go, can we take a bunch of guys up there and start pulling limbs? All that kind of stuff. It's a, right. it's a, what are we doing as far as modeling, you know, no, we want nothing back from you. We want to give everything to you and help and serve you in the community. That could be, you know, through a local orphanage, could be through a local rehab center, could mm-hmm. be through a, a, a home, doing a homeless outreach. You know, there's a church in town here. And they can't, they haven't been able to do it for a while now because of, city restrictions and COVID, but there was a church for a while that every week they would make just a ton of sandwiches and sandwich bags and go downtown and hand them out in downtown Mobile right. uh, on a Saturday. And Great uh, just, just, yeah, just set up a table and say, it, you know, to the homeless people that were hanging out downtown, every Saturday we're here, you yep. can have this. And, and every once in a while somebody would say, hey, we, we're going to donate a bunch of socks. Mm-hmm. We're going to donate a bunch of winter coats. We're going to donate a bunch of blankets. And so with the sandwiches, now you get a blanket. Yep. Now you get a coat, and and that was just that was a church saying, "Grace is what we're all about. Right. We, we want nothing back from you. We don't even expect you to come to our church. Yeah, no It'd be awesome attached. if you do, by the way, but you yeah. don't have to. <laughs> no strings attached. We're just here to help you. So, yeah. so how is your church evidencing the grace that you were saved by, the unmerited favor God showed you? How are you going to evidence that right back into your community, back into your own neighborhoods? And what is what does the community see when they see your church? Exactly. Do they do they see? You know, you you and a whole bunch of people that, you know, are kind of not wanting to be there or just a, a, a whole bunch of people or do they see Jesus? Yeah. And I think some churches, you know, when you said that, it just triggered in my head. But I think some churches want to have some sort of polished church thing as, a, oh, as sure. an image. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I don't, that happens I don't, all yeah, the time. I don't know that we need to be polished. I just think we need to be grace based. Exactly. And, you know, if we if we fumble through grace, it'll all turn it'll out. It'll all good. turn out good anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's those things are heavy on my heart to evaluate our church with, and mm-hmm. for me to be looking at what we're doing as a church and how we're doing it and why we're doing it. And you know, we have two or three people here this afternoon. They they couldn't stay for the um, the meeting we had to start our witnessing class, the Life on Mission, because right. they were going out to witness with another friend. Right. I'm like, oh well, that's good. <laughs> they had to miss the class on witnessing to go with. <laughs> exactly, because I promised this guy I'd go stand which, on the street is, corner with him and yeah, witness, which is an okay excuse. Yeah, so. all good with that. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's good to start off your year with those core values in your radar and say, hey, right. we got, I need to check on these, and I need to make sure we're getting something done in every one of those categories. Right. Something. Absolutely. And if you're a pastor and you're listening to this and you need any sort of evaluation on any of these or anything else and you feel like we can help, please. Yeah, if you just want to chit-chat with us. Feel free to reach out. Give us a call. Absolutely. We'd really like somebody to call our 601-909-0614 number that's not a telemarketer. Right. That would be cool. Not a telemarketer. Not a telemarketer. <laughs> or to tell us that somehow Google has been turned off. Right. Whatever <laughs> that's, that, the number, whatever. that's the call we get frequently on whatever that, that call is besides those of you that call in that's the number we call the most <laughs> alright well that's it for us today we've got some really exciting episodes coming up and all that's going to be happening real soon but you will miss them if you don't subscribe so be sure to subscribe I'm Josh that's Stan we'll catch you guys next week